I get asked all the time about ways to shop certain ethical products. People will ask me, where can I buy ethical shoes or where can I shop ethical clothes for my kids? But have you ever thought about where you get your office supplies from? Yes, office supplies. Now, let me stop you. Before you think to yourself, really, Molly, an episode talking about ethical office supplies? Let me just say, yes, and it is awesome. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Jillian Ryan, the founder and creator of Marie May Designs. After spending a decade advising Fortune 100 clients on how to responsibly do business in Africa, Jillian wanted to do more to support entrepreneurs in these emerging markets. Blending Jillian's business expertise with her penchant for fine paper products, Marie May became her vehicle for making a difference in the world. While launching Marie May, Jillian realized that starting a business involves far more than the theories she learned in business school. This is why Marie May Business School focuses on providing practical business training taught by people who have actually started businesses themselves. Marie May is more than a simple give back company. From their vendors to their customers and clients to the people in their business school, Marie May is equipping each of their stakeholders to make sustainable impact through their business. This was such a fun episode. I laughed so much during the recording of this interview. Jillian is hilarious and her passion is contagious. You are going to love it. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Jillian. Hey, Jillian. So I have to ask right off the bat, as somebody who does office supplies, are you a fan of The Office? (laughs) I do love The Office. (laughs) And it's sad. We'll go into this more in a second. But the whole reason I started an office supply company was just because I loved office supplies. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. Because it's it's so funny because I was, you know, in this whole like ethical journey and like when people ask me, oh, where can I buy, you know, ethical kitchen supplies or ethical Mm -hmm. shoes or whatever. People ask me all these different categories. And for the longest time, people would be like, what about like ethical school supplies, ethical office supplies? <laughs> and it was, you know, until I found you, I was like, I don't know. You know, like. I know. There's like, not much. <laughs> there, exactly is, say. there is for not much. For school supplies, there is UB though. Have you? UB, I like, yeah. Okay. I do love as UB. As I say, oh, their stuff is so great. And fantastic for school supplies. Yeah, yeah. they really are. <laughs> my husband actually, like the other day we were talking about something and, and he was looking at my d- brand directory and he saw you be on there and he was like, that's where I got my mini highlighters from. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is a mini highlighter company. They do also do other things too. Um, But But I do like their highlighters. Anyway, but I was just thinking, I like, I can't, say even the word office anymore without thinking of Michael Scott so I know right speaking of um total divergent are you so excited about the new Space Force one that he's doing have you seen um, the clips for that um I haven't seen any clips but yes I, I was, was like, like they just did the promo for it but really? he's not in it yet it was just the promo yeah okay and I amazing I can't it. wait yeah I know I wonder when it's gonna release did they have they said it just said coming soon okay to well, Netflix so I need I need it to come now to, tomorrow exactly to Netflix 
And like, exactly. And this episode airs like, you know, I record oh, these God, obviously yeah. in so advance. Maybe so maybe it'll be out by, be out by the time. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We have no idea. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I mean, I was like Greg Daniels and uh, and Michael Scott. I mean, I don't know what his character's name is going to be, but he's going to be Michael Scott to me. But exactly. And it'll be amazing because that's exactly <laughs> what I picture Space Force as. <laughs> I was saying, this is brilliant. <laughs> This is so brilliant. My husband actually is the one that told me about that. And he was like, um, this is the greatest news I've ever heard. Exactly. <laughs> it looks amazing. I wait. Oh, good times. Oh, man. See, we're going to have so much fun. Here we are. We're already talking about Space Force. And... I know. See, I told you. Rambly. I know. I like it. I'm, I am here for it, as the kids say. Okay, perfect. All right. So, perfect. Jillian, with all of the discussion of the Space Force and the office out of the way, mm-hmm. um, but we can also always come back to that, too, because it's my show and, you know, whatever. Uh, and daily life does feel more like the office than I would like to admit. So it really right. does. Yeah. It really does. All right. Quick. Other quick story. So when my mm-hmm. husband and I first started dating, well, when mm-hmm. we met, we worked at a radio station. And like the, the, the staff at the radio station very much was the staff at the office. And I realized like the office, it. It, like really plays on the stereotypes, Stereotype. exactly. but it, it like our boss was Michael Scott. Like he was oh, Jim Halper. Like I was Pam. <laughs> like it really is very, <laughs> we had that's them all. Funny. We had a creed. We had a creed, like the guy that just got, you know, we had, we had uh, Ryan, we had them all like, so. I love it. I love it. Did we no, I used to think yeah, I was put Dwight. together and now there are days where I'm like, no, I think I am Michael Scott. What's yeah. wrong with me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And for the people yeah. listening who are not office people, I'm like, well, one, where have you been? Two, uh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Go watch it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Jillian. So we have gotten it out of the way. Spoiler alert. Jillian runs an office supply company. Uh, Jillian, I really have been. um, So I was, you know, okay. Once again, once again, my listeners are going to laugh because once again, I was introduced to you through Bethany Tran. Bethany. Exactly. (laughs) Literally. I think half of my guests have all. I know been introduced to me through Bethany. Thank you, Bethany. I know. know. She is great. I know. Everyone needs to send Bethany a card, a bouquet of flowers, uh, chocolate or wine. I don't know. Something. (laughs) Bethany, I know, would appreciate uh, chocolate and wine. Um, Exactly. Dog treats for her dogs. Um, Because she really does. Like, I feel like she knows everyone. Um, She's a fantastic connector. uh, She is. is Such a good skill to have. Yeah, exactly. She is. She is gifted in that area. But yeah, so I I, I discovered you through Bethany um, and I have been a fan of yours ever since. And I have always oh, wanted you. to hear your story and how you, you got started. And um, uh, you even gave a little teaser that you love office supplies, which I also love office supplies as <laughs> um, like my favorite time of year was buying school supplies. Back to school. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, I loved it. Get mm-hmm. me inside an office depot or the school supply section of a Target and I am a happy person. Exactly. And <laughs> and I, and when I first graduated college, I was a high school teacher for a couple of years and that's like mm-hmm. teaching supplies. It was like a whole nother level. Oh, I like know, I was right? I was all into it. I know. It. I was a kid that I literally asked Santa for um <laughs> What was it? The first first grade, it was an overhead projector. No. <laughs> Second grade, it was a copy machine. Absolutely no. ridiculous. And I used to make my grandma take me on Sunday afternoons <laughs> after church to the office supply store. Such a nerd. Such a nerd. <laughs> my daughter, for her sec, was it her second Christmas or third Christmas? I think she was she was three. No mm-hmm. lie, my husband and I gave her an entire 
box filled with reams of paper. Like, like, like we, we bought like, you know, like what you would buy for an office, like the box with like eight to 10 reams of paper because she just loves to draw. And like, she likes, and we gave her markers and she was like, that is the greatest present ever. (laughs) She's, and I'm pretty sure my favorite one was getting the, the teacher's grade book, like where you got to pretend to have your own grade book. Oh my word. Star stickers. I can't believe I just submitted all this nerdiness on here, but yeah. Star stickers, the whole thing. I mean, I'm just saying. You're welcome. But yeah, so we know you love office supplies because you run an office Mm -hmm. supply company, but it is Mm -hmm. so much more than that. It's so much more than a simple give back office supply company. So I want to hear your story. So tell us all about you and how you got to where you are today. Thank you. I'll say it it is a slightly different background. Most of my friends in D.C. are still trying to figure out what I am doing. (laughs) So I am an Aggie. I grew up in Texas, went to A&M got my degree in economics and then I was supposed to just be going out to DC for an internship and then ended up staying out there for 10 years. Um, so I worked with a, it was an international business consulting firm run by this Bush 41's national security advisor and basically his national security team. Mm-hmm. After they were voted out of office, they started this international business consulting firm to where they were helping basically the top businesses in the world do business well overseas. And so we did a lot of, we were political risk consultants. So how teaching them how to navigate the political nuances of these places and how, how do you mitigate risk, which again, the number one way to mitigate risk in an emerging market is to be a good player (laughs) and actually hire locals and do all of that kind of stuff. So I fell into this job, absolutely loved it. Um, did that for 10 years and I was helping basically big businesses do business in Africa and absolutely loved it, figured that's what I would do for the rest of my career. And then all of a sudden, um, the more I was on the ground in Africa and was seeing how all of these huge businesses with fantastic purchasing power were wanting to do more with local businesses there, but couldn't because the skills were not there and the businesses weren't set up. And so they kept Anyways, so seeing that they actually had the want to, but weren't having the capacity on the ground to do some of these work with local businesses, I really wanted to get more involved in the training side of how do you actually start and run a business in rural Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just started this as a, it's supposed to just be a side project. <laughs> I can't say I just wanted to fund one trip to Rwanda to work with the sewing cooperative that I knew there. Um, and I knew USAID did grants for this type of stuff, but I was apparently too Texan. Uh, I didn't want to take government money. And I was like, okay, I'm figuring out a way to pay for this myself and fund doing a business boot camp over there. So as a business consultant who normally researched things to death, this was the least amount of research I had ever done (laughs) for something. And I literally threw this together in three weeks. It was insane. Um, so I was like, what do I like? I like office supplies. There's not really a give back brand on the office side. Um, so it literally launched this thing in three weeks, came up with the name. It's my grandmother's names. Um, do people call you Marie all the time? Oh, all the time. All the time. Everyone's Actually, like, it's hey, Marie. Mary, which is funny because you're like, no, that does spell Marie. <laughs> so, yeah, as I say, no, it ended up being my two grandma's names. It was like, that's a fitting thing because they both sets of grandparents had to pay to get me to college and all of that stuff. So I was like, we'll just throw that in there. I originally um, 
was working with African designers on the designs as well, but that ended up confusing our customers a lot. So we switched back from that. Um, So anyway, for all of our products, basically, like I said, it was to fund doing a business boot camp. So for each of our products we sell, we provide an hour of business school for one entrepreneur or artisan um, around the world. Awesome. So I said, I just kind of threw it together, had zero clue how I was going to produce these office products that I liked. (laughs) I was like, I just knew I liked them. (laughs) Um, And there wasn't much in that space. So... um, ended up just kind of diving into it and it ended up taking off a whole lot more than I thought it was going to. Um, the first year or two, it was still just a side project to political risk consulting that I was still doing. Um, and so I ended up, we were able to fund going to the Rwanda business school after like three months. Um, I was super worried about, I didn't want to be this girl flying down to rural Rwanda, pretending I knew what I was talking about. Um, but my, friend ended up that ran the sewing cooperative was like you're not coming all the way to Rwanda not doing uh your business classes so I went all the way down there spent a week getting to know the ladies beforehand um to figure out what their how they worked together what their issues were my big thing is I really wanted to help them come up with local markets they could go after as well besides just how to help them run more efficiently as an actual business and um so did that hired a translator while I was there to do the business classes with me. And she actually did business classes as well. Um, so she was completely invaluable for, for that, having the local expertise. Um, so anyway, so we did that. And like I said, it ended up kind of just growing from, from there into, from a side business into, it was definitely, um, a full-time thing. We ended up where I knew it was going to be a full-time thing is we, the next year were approached, um, by FabFitFun, which is a subscription mm, box. Yes. Um, yeah, I was going to say, so we were approached by them, and it was crazy because I had had them on my dream list that year, but my sister, who was working with me at the time, uh, was like, should we go after them? I was like, no, 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 we're not ready. <laughs> I was going to say, and then literally that month, they came to ask wanting to, but I don't remember what the first product was they were wanting to, I think it was a fitness journal. Um, so they came to us wanting to buy something and ended up going through three different things, and then all of a sudden they're like, we'd like to buy how much it was at the time, like 200, 250,000 boxes of stationery. It, me having zero clue how to use things more than like a hundred at a time. I was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, we can totally do this. 250,000. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It oh, was insane. Insane. My goodness. Like I had no idea. I was like, just get that contract signed. We will figure everything else out later. <laughs> I was like, so got it signed. Um, went into panic mode of how, how do we, how do we do this? That's when we what was like the time frame that they gave half. you. Did they, did they just be like, hi, we're going to need 250,000 of these yeah. products in three weeks or were uh, they no, like, it, thankfully it was six months. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're like, so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We helped. can totally figure this yeah. out. Exactly. I know. I was like, okay, we, we got this. I, I mean, I had done uh, calculations of figuring out like making sure we could make the raw material and stuff work and the actual production. But stupid things like financing it. I didn't even think about it. It was like, it was one of those things that I was naive enough to think, oh, if you had a contract from a business of that size that you could go find financing. Um, but no, it's not that easy if you haven't been in business for three years. Um, thankfully, again, we found it and it worked out perfectly because we found a fantastic production partner um, that was actually literally up the street from us, which oh is my fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, as I say, it worked out really well. And their claim to fame, it always cracks me up. Um, so they're our printer that does all of our 
cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it cracks me up every time I go over there because they, little known fact, were the family and the and th- where their printer is set up is where Barney was filmed. <laughs> it's like, it always cracks me up oh when I walk gosh. in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. This was the room of Barney. <laughs> That's funny. So always cracks me up. Um, anyways, so yeah, things like financing. And the other thing that I had not taken into account was packing all of these 250,000 boxes of stationery. Um, oh. And I was so naive. I was like, okay, so I think if I get my whole family and people from church into the surely we can get these things packed in like let's say a week <laughs> so finally they um my production partner was like okay we did a time study on this and this is going to take a team of like 10 15 people a month to do I was like <gasps> oh they're like we don't think you understand like it literally these boxes will fill four 18 wheelers like, oh <laughs> yeah you're right I definitely am not packing all of those boxes <laughs> Oh, so, my goodness. All of those things that were really, as a business, former business consultant, it was actually really fun to have to figure all of that stuff out. And it turned out beautifully. We loved working with FabFitFun. Um, have you yeah, guys done subsequent those, things with them? We have to them several times afterwards and we're um, in talks on the add-on programs. So. Awesome. But it's, as I say, again, as an ethical business, it's a little hard to... Um, make the margins work based on what, yeah. Anyways, no, but they're fantastic. But that was when I finally figured out, oh, this thing is fantastic at scale. Um, And so that was when I decided to go ahead and dive into it and actually build this up as a real business. So this year we had, yeah, as I say, this year we finally did our first full-time hire um, because it's just been me and a bunch of freelancers that were amazing. But again, they were all freelancers. So it's you still kind of feel like you're doing it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been amazing now that we actually have a full-time person in the office with me as well to get stuff done. Yeah. So anyways, no, it's going great. It still feels like, like I said, it still feels like the office half the time. So we're just figuring it out as we go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's entrepreneurship and that's why I love it. So, so for people who maybe are not familiar with Marie May, what mm-hmm. kind of products do you do? And like, what's your, your bread and butter, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do practical professional gifts that give back is the, the spiel. And so we do a lot of notebooks, stationery, artisan made goods, like our current bestsellers, these Navy leather pad folios that we had to we had made to fit our spirals, um, made in Haiti. Mm. And so, yeah, so our bread and butter is basically corporate business is what we've been going after. Um, so we do a lot with businesses on like speakers, gifts and ethical swag, new hire gifts. And we do corporate branded stuff, which is kind of our niche at the moment. Um, cause there's not a lot in that space. I was going to say that's, that's a really, that's unique yeah, so, and clever and yeah, niche idea. Thank you. Yeah, as I say, because there's not a lot in that space, especially in the ethical world. Um, and quite frankly, good stuff. <laughs> as I yeah. say, I was tired of going to so many conferences and getting this stuff. And literally half the time you would see it all being thrown away because nobody wanted it. And it was basically crappy pins out of China <laughs> as yeah. as say, with their logos splashed all over it. And so but if you think about how much businesses are spending on that stuff. Um, so that was why we're like, OK, no, we're really going to pivot, go after businesses and it's quite frankly the demand has been way higher than I can keep up with so it's been it's been great so yeah so our bread and butter I would say our staple signature product are our book cloth uh write with purpose notebooks those are the ones that everybody everybody seems to love and we have those we've got weekly planners we've got um sewn notebooks 
kind of anything and everything. Yes. Um, and then we'll also work with businesses if wanting a specific um, artisan piece done. So we'll work with them on getting that done. Like we worked with a big hotel chain on um, having like luggage tag made and much of that with their logo on it again was artisan made. Um, so anyways, that's kind of what we are up to at the, at the moment, but then we still have, Oh, I didn't even mention our, we also have our good office box, um, which is our quarterly subscription box. Yeah. I was just going to um, ask you actually, cause I was like, wait a second, but you know, you know. worked with FabFitFun, <laughs> Fab Fit but now you got your own deal. We did. I know. And it actually just started as a way of offloading old inventory. <laughs> I was going to say it was crazy. You're like, um, and well, then let's, just, again, let's just put some old inventory. It'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be great. Um, and then took off way more than, again, than I thought it was going to. Um, so now all of our new products go in the box first to test the new products to see what people like, what they don't. Um, and so, yeah, so that's been something that we are working on growing as well. We're actually working on some corporate partnerships with that. That's since this is coming out in April or May, we're getting ready to launch, um, our (coughs) big initiative pushing towards the good office box for business to where businesses can have this as a perk for their new employees. And that way they can check in quarterly and we're actually branding items in each box, um, Anyways, so that's kind of where we're going with that as well to kind of differentiate us from the subscription box world. Yes, so, yes. And so yeah. not only are you manufacturing these goods ethically, but yes, mm-hmm. that, that important component of providing business training to entrepreneurs around the world. And so can you yeah. share a little bit yeah. more about that? Yes. As I say, so it was one of, again, it kind of grew out of a pet peeve of mine is that I kept seeing. So I was in this world in DC to where, um, everyone had high powered jobs to where they were all lawyers, investment bankers, you know, you know, the world. Um, and I kept seeing so many people were wanting to do more and in their volunteer time, they would things like build houses, which is great <laughs> to say, but I felt like there was such a missed opportunity for them to actually give of their expertise. Cause that was what I kept seeing in Africa. And I was like, these groups and businesses would kill to have the expertise of these business consultants that are helping the business, the brightest in the world. Um, so I was trying to come up with a way to where we could match up our corporate partners and volunteers and all that kind of stuff. And how do you actually match them up besides just giving with their office products, but how do you actually allow them to get involved with things like the business school? Cause a lot of times, again, it was just people didn't know how to help or how to they would sign up to actually give of their expertise or what was needed. So they kind of needed a mediator. So that's kind of what the business school has gone into. I still uh, selfishly try to keep my hands in all of them, (laughs) as I say, because I just want, I am so passionate about making sure that the school curriculum matches up with what the people are needing. So our next one is going to be here actually in Dallas working with refugees on how you give them business school, uh, business skills to survive in um, this job market. And a lot of times what people are just wanting is basic grammar skills, basic typing skills. How do you actually give basic admin skills? So now I'm having to currently rework everything I was doing in the artisan world to fit here, but I'm loving it. Like I said, I was the nerd that wanted to be a teacher and and grade with my grade book. So it's been like the perfect, (laughs) the perfect give back um, to add in. And like I said, it really clicks and connects with our business customers as well. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of been, that's something we're struggling with at the moment though, too, just to be honest on the entrepreneur side on how do you scale that side? Yeah. 
um, with, without losing the personal touch, without losing the, um, basically being able to work in the, the remote areas that I had wanted to work in that I feel like need it most. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of times investors and stuff will just say, well, why don't you put this on the internet? And we're like, well, <laughs> that's a, right. a clear disconnect from the people right. I'm trying to work with. So yeah. anyway, yeah. so that's one of our big other initiatives in Q1 this is trying to figure out how to we scale this without losing the personal and tailored aspect. I am sorry to break from our amazing conversation with Jillian, but I wanted to just take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show, and that is The Root Collective. Now, The Root Collective is no stranger to this show, as Bethany Tran, who is the founder and owner of The Root Collective, is one of my nearest and dearest friends, and she was a guest early on in the show. I have just been a huge fan and supporter of The Root Collective for years, and you can pretty much always catch me wearing their incredible shoes. In fact, I'm wearing my Espe boots right now. Why? because they are by far the most complimented pair of shoes I own. And the thing is, is that those compliments lead to a story about how my shoes are ethically made, they're empowering communities, and investing in change through job creation. From boots to flats to some new styles that are super secret and coming out this spring, the Rue Collective has everything that you could love in a shoe brand. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use the coupon code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. Now, back to our conversation with Jillian. Maybe this is a, I don't know if this is like a overstepping question or if I am just, I'm just sheerly curious. Like, have you thought about, and maybe you have, and again, I'm just curious. Have you thought about like partnering on like the, the entrepreneur side, like the business training side, partnering with another organization that is doing that? Like, for example, like the thing that comes to mind is Help mm-hmm. One Now. I don't know if you're familiar with Help One Now, but Help, Which one? Help One Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Help One Now does um, a lot of, like, business training, um, and they have, like, a – I can't remember how long their program is, but they have, like, a business school, but they work in very specific countries. Like, I know they have one in Ethiopia. I think oh, okay. they have one in no. Peru. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, so I was just – like, I'm just thinking – spinning in my head, and I'm like, oh, that could maybe be a cool opportunity. I don't know. Again, just – Yeah, that's what um, – that's actually the direction uh, we're headed is trying yeah. to figure out how to partner with – overstepping without just then becoming a monetary partner, which is not right where, yeah, as I say, where my heart was on that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why we're actually doing the test program here in Dallas so yeah. that it will be easier to keep yeah. um, a hold on. But yeah, partnering with this one, we're in talks with a couple different groups on partnering um, with different people that are already doing programs and stuff for refugee groups, but then trying to figure out how, how do we fit in? How, how, best do you need the help again because it's also one like I said one of my biggest pet peeves when people just try to act like they know what they're talking yeah. about <laughs> so I never want to do that oh <laughs> so, absolutely so and you're going yeah. into it with the right mindset like you and you already have like this very clear vision but then you also yeah. just because I know some from your story and then even just from sharing mm-hmm. here is like you're able to see the vision and then be able to pivot in different directions depending on where it's best for you to go. And yeah, that exactly. is like We're not only actually a, needed. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's such a good, it's a testament to your work ethic. It's a testament to your heart. Um, but it's also a great example for other entrepreneurs or people who are in sort of that stage of business where they have mm-hmm. that vision and, and 
that's something I am always inspired by when I spot, when I speak with other people who are further along in their business than me is mm-hmm. learning their, you know, like, okay, well, what mistakes did you make along the way? What vision did you have? And how did that vision change? And I mean, when I started blogging 12 years ago, like I never would have considered doing a podcast as well. And like, I never would have had yeah, exactly. considered how I would structure things in, in it. I never even thought it would be a business. And so then when I started the business side of it in 2012, I never would have considered like how I'm doing things as the, as a business now. And so you just kind of have to, along the way, look at what's working, what's not working and, and be able to honestly self-evaluate because sometimes that's really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when it's a passion project of our own and, um, and when it's something that you're really invested in. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why it was so important to me to bring in somebody full time to is I love working with freelancers, but that was, they're typically not invested enough to not be yes men. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. And I'm, I can't be surrounded with yes men. Like I can convince myself of anything. Like I need, I need someone that will actually say, no, that's not a great idea. Focus back on this. Um, as I say, I just feel like, again, as entrepreneurs, we need that in our life because yes. we can typically be pretty pers- persuasive, especially of ourselves. <laughs> as I say, yeah. So, and it was also one of the main drivers to why I never set this up as a nonprofit. Cause I actually wanted and knew that I needed the forces of capitalism to force me into finding something that the market needed yeah. and that actually would work that way. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. but yeah, as I say, that was one of the reasons behind, behind that. Cause at the beginning I was like, Oh no, this would be, cause that's what I kept hearing from everyone. They're like, why don't you set this up as a nonprofit? Cause I actually had a bunch of businesses wanting to come by and just give money. Um, And I was like, no, 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 I want to be, I just for long-term sustainability, I was like, I want us to have to find what works um, and products that people like (laughs) and are actually going to buy and they're not going to be pity buys. Right. So, right. Anyways. So your your bread and butter is the, your right with purpose journals, which I'm Mm -hmm. biased towards because my podcast is called business with purpose. So exactly. Right with purpose. It's fine. (laughs) Um, but what I would, I always kind of like to ask some of these questions is like, what was mm-hmm. a product that you thought was going to be amazing and was a total flop? <laughs> like, uh, oh, I know. Let's see. <laughs> Let me see. Well, our, definitely our first, I don't know. It's so funny. I'm, I'm always embarrassed looking back at our first stuff that I put Girl, out don't be embarrassed. I, Girl, don't be yeah. embarrassed. We all start somewhere. Um, okay. A uh, moment of honesty. Well, and that My, was one of the, Exactly. <laughs> my moment of honesty, my first blog name was called Molly Has Two Thumbs. Okay. <laughs> and it was a graphic of myself. Like my header <laughs> had a silhouette image of me pointing my thumbs at my head, like my arms in the air <laughs> with my thumbs at my head. I kid you not, guys. It. We all start somewhere. So exactly. Well, and I think it's in that in the lean startup book that it, where they gave the advice of if you're not embarrassed of your first product that you took way too long to launch, and that was that was what I went by when I launched in three weeks. Um, literally just threw something on a website. Had never done a website before. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, anyways, but that's not really a product that flopped. I'm trying to think of a. I don't know. It's funny. We've had a lot of stuff that will flop in the beginning and then totally takes on a life of its own later and comes back. So like originally the good office box, I felt like I was having to beg people to buy. Um, and now, like I said, since we've had the forces of capitalism helping us <laughs> figure out what people like, what they don't, yeah. how do we keep um, changing this? As I say, now it's turned into a fantastic steady stream of income for us. 
And on the corporate side, it was funny. I feel like that was something that I pushed a lot in the first couple of years, but didn't know particularly how to push it or who, what point of entry to go into a business on it. So that, again, if I hadn't persevered on that, I think would have been a flop. And now again, it's hands down our biggest economic driver. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, that's definitely one thing I have learned in business. It's purely about perseverance. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's crazy. Like again, with the FabFitFun story, like they came to us uh, for the first one, and then after weeks of work on our, they said no, never mind. We've decided to go in a different direction. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, what about this one? So then they came up with another product. It did that weeks and weeks of work, and then they said no, never mind. And by then, like we had invested probably two, three months um, in going after this deal, and then it wasn't working. And so and they had told us no, which looked like a finite no. And so then my ego was kind of bruised and I was like, Oh no. I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to write back. Well then literally two days later, I was like, no, you're writing back and saying thanks so much. <laughs> so say, um, keep us in mind for the next one. And literally I got an email back probably 30 minutes later saying, actually we're looking for thank you card set. Um, can you do that? And I think we had a contract signed within a week and it was hands down the best deal out of all three of those. So anyway, it's crazy how things work out as I say. So basically it's the power of perseverance. And that's one of the things that I try to, definitely drive home in our business school that again people might be smarter than you people might have come from a better background but you can always win in the perseverance game yes amen girl because you know (laughs) this is I mean and I've said this before on the show and I will continue to say it again and I will say it every day until the day I die like successful people are successful because they kept showing up exactly like you never saw Oprah become Oprah because she gave up Exactly. (laughs) Or because someone told you no. Like, no, just keep going. (laughs) Right. I know. It's like, and my favorite thing now is literally I will force a no because I'm like, because most people will then just start off not actually give a no. And I'm like, no, I want to actually hear a no and then I will go away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Until you get that, keep going back. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, here I am like, I, on this podcast, like, I had my list of like, people that I really wanted to like dream guests, Mm -hmm. like, you know, dream guests that that I would love to interview. And I've been able to interview a couple of them. And yes, like there are some that one, I'll admit I'm too scared to email, but then there are others that I've just been like, no, I'm going to email them and I I will do it. And I haven't heard back. And guess what? They going to keep hearing from me till I get enough. Well, because a lot of times from what I've found, and I mean, if you think about it in your own life, a lot of times things just get lost and it's not that they don't want to do it or they, I was like, it just gets lost in the noise. So therefore, while I felt originally that I was being annoying by being persistent, I realized, no, I'm like actually giving them the opportunity to say yes, (laughs) because now they will actually see it. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And sometimes you just have to keep you know, I admire like, so a- as a blogger and really anybody that has a website, maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. get these two, but it's like over the top. That was a terrible sentence right there. Uh, it was, it's just, <laughs> there's such an excess of this in the blogging world is I will get these mm-hmm. emails from PR and SEO firms that oh, just yes, want yes. me to place like spammy content and yes. links on my blog. And like yep. some of them will email me 10 15 20 times oh yeah and I finally like I'm just like no like leave (laughs) me alone well and I'll typically finally answer and answer why and they're like okay well I guess your perseverance did get you an answer right (laughs) 
Right. And so, (laughs) yeah, there's a part of me that is like real annoyed by that. And then there's also Mm -hmm. another part of me that's like, that's real impressive that you're going to keep emailing (laughs) me back and asking the same canned question over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then then with podcasting, I will get emails from like agents, like Mm -hmm. podcast booking agents. Oh, yeah. And, um, trying to book people on the show but it's like people who have clearly never listened to my show exactly. they just like search <laughs> business podcast and yes. they just think that they're gonna pay so like I'll get people who I'm like completely not relevant to the content of this show exactly I say I, we get that all the time yeah. on our blog people I'm emailing like, um <sighs> wanting to be a guest blog right literally on topics that have zero things zero. to do <laughs> so yeah so maybe we should say be per- be persistent but do your homework <laughs> right be persistent but also do your homework yeah so exactly I, yeah <laughs> Here's a good example. And I I don't know if I've told this story on the show or not. But so back when I worked at the radio station that I mentioned at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the show, um, a couple years into the job, I transitioned into basically running the entire digital side of the radio station. So I launched this whole website and um, Mm -hmm. it was like this massive project that I undertook. So I basically became like the director of marketing, digital marketing for this company um, Mm -hmm. or for this radio station. And so I had to now start hiring people. So here I am, I'm like 24 four at the time and I'm, I'm, I'm hiring people and so I that was, was so me and DC you know, yep, and this was going. 2010 2011 and so you know we would put job you know job postings out on I guess we would put them like Craigslist and places like that um maybe mm-hmm. like I don't know if there was like monster.com or something I don't remember oh, yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember what was. Yeah, what was I don't know what then. was like yeah, exactly. back then. But, um, but it, it's so funny because I would, you know, sometimes I would get very good resumes and then I would get not relevant resumes. And yeah. um, and then I would get occasionally like the person who would send the resume and then send a follow-up email. And I rem- I will never forget this guy. This guy sent a resume and his resume what like clearly showed that he was not qualified at yeah, all for the job. Yeah. However... In his resume, under awards and accolades, he mm-hmm. put Time Magazine Person of the Year 2007. I think it was 2007. <laughs> and I was like, what? And it was like enough. To, it was just, it was a simple line. There was no comment. It literally just said Time Magazine Person of the Year 2007. And, and hold on. I want to actually check magazine magazine person of the it was 2006 okay so it was 2006 so time magazine person of the year 2006 so he has on the bottom of his resume that is he is not qualified at all for this job but it says time magazine person of the year 2006 (laughs) and it was like one of those things where it was bold clearly was it true it was it was bold and so I went online and looked it up Time Magazine Person of the Year 2006 was the year that Time Magazine put just you and it had a mirror, oh, that's hilarious. mirror on the cover. <laughs> and it was like how like because that was the year that like the Internet was really big and like all this. Stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I died laughing. I was like, that is hilarious. And that's two, hilarious. I was like, but that is so creative, creative mm-hmm. to put on your resume mm-hmm. because it's going to make job you know, like hiring people go hiring people. Is that the formal word? Yeah. It's going to make, you know, the hiring, <laughs> the hiring person 
go, what? And then look it up and laugh. And so I brought him in for an interview just because I wanted to meet, like, who is this person that is creative enough? He still wasn't qualified for the job, but it got him an interview. Exactly. You know, it's that perseverance. Yeah. As I say, of mine, it was so funny. So my job in D.C., I'll say, so I was there for a few years. They'd hired me on um, full-time by then. And then I was running our intern program. And, like, all of our interns were coming from Ivy League schools. And keep in mind, again, I was this girl from Dallas that had gone to A&M, um, which is a good school, but it was not Ivy League. <laughs> and so I get there, and I'm, like, younger than everyone that I was hiring. And so I was hiring literally people four or five years older than all from Ivy Leaguers. Um, and so finally I went to the person that had hired me and I was like, how did I get this job? <laughs> I was like, how did you originally? Because I didn't even interview um, for the job before I had gotten the first internship. And she's like, I actually really liked your name. What? <laughs> so apparently she was like, I really thought you sounded fun, blah, blah, blah. And so then I told my interns then from then on, it was like, you never know why you do or do not get a job. It could be something as simple as they liked your name. <laughs> Like, you have no clue, <laughs> so don't take it for <laughs> exactly, exactly. You never know, and it's no. oh my goodness, that is that's amazing. But yeah, it just yeah, it, all like of it just name. goes yeah. back to that whole the notion of just not giving up, being perseverant, um, mm-hmm. and or having perseverance, and just being willing to throw some grit in there and be exactly. creative and think outside the box and don't do what everybody else is doing because I exactly. am so tired of people coming out and starting businesses and just trying to copy what another business exactly. is doing. Yep. I'm like, yep. yeah. And then they last for about a year. Yes. Yeah, as I say, and then they're gone. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It drives me crazy. Drives, yep. <laughs> drives me nuts. Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, y'all, business is hard. It is not sunshine and rainbows. No, like, I was going to say, and it's definitely not what I learned in business school. So that was the other thing yes. that when I started our business school, I was like, no, no, no. Like I want actual practical business lessons, like things that, again, that n- not business theory, <laughs> like actual practical business lessons. How do you learn the grit? How do you learn even how to do things like set up a website? I was going to say it was all of the different little things that, that I didn't know. And that half the time I'm like, wait, um, especially on like the legal side on the taxes side, you're like, how do you keep up with all of this stuff? <laughs> oh yeah. No girl. And hire yeah. where it hurts, girl. I got a book. Exactly. Oh yeah. Me too. I do not exactly. look, I do not even look at my quick books because nope. I have a bookkeeper nope. that does that. And if I looked exactly. at quick books, I know as I say, all of that is hired out, but like I said, I, that I didn't up. know at the beginning, like I didn't yeah. know that, Oh, I needed somebody else to do this. So yeah. anyways, oh. but yeah, that was again, back to the, business school in Rwanda that that was one of the things like I really wanted these women to be able to go after um so they were sewing cooperative they are sewing cooperative um in eastern Rwanda and so I really wanted them instead of just being dependent long term on American women buying their stuff like I really wanted them to have a more sustainable long-term goal of like how do you actually go after Rwandan business um, and using their sewing skills. So we did a bunch of stuff like, how do you actually go pitch a business? How do you actually negotiate a contract knowing you're in Africa? <laughs> like, I was just saying, like, yeah. how do you actually do all of those pieces of the business? How do you add, how do you get the word out about your business yeah. again here in rural East Africa? Um, so anyways, just all those practical things is really kind of what we try to focus on in our business schools. Yeah. But 
Well, Jillian, no, I think it's incredible. (laughs) And I can't wait to continue to see the growth of, uh, you know, the good office box and um, everything that you're doing with that. And I look forward to seeing how you, you transition to, um, you know, new endeavors and like really strengthening that business program. I just think it's awesome. And you're awesome and hilarious. And clearly we'd be BFFs if we lived near each other. (laughs) Exactly. Did you grow up in DC? Did I grew up. I, I grew up outside of DC in Herndon. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Fun. So, yeah. As I say, I lived in Vienna for the ten years that I was up there. Vienna. Yeah. So uh, Vienna yeah. is mm-hmm. a great area. Yeah. I. I mean, I was born and raised. I lived in the same house from birth until I went to college. Oh, that's um, fun. In, in Old I love Town, that Herndon. area. Yeah. yeah. It's very different now than it is than it was. Oh, when I'm I grew sure. Up. Yeah. Exactly. I do miss the seasons, though. <laughs> I was like, that's what been my hardest thing about coming back to Texas. Was like, wait a second. Like, I liked having a spring, summer, yeah. and a fall. <laughs> yeah. Not so much winter, but yeah, everything no. else. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's a great, it, it was a great place to grow up. Um, I'll be honest. I would never, I would not move back there. <laughs> Um, the traffic is horrendous. Traffic yeah. is horrendous. It's way too expensive. Um, exactly. It's yeah. It's crazy. But it's you know it's nostalgic when I go back and um, yeah, which I don't I don't really have an excuse to go back very often. I say, is your family not there anymore? No, my no. family's not yeah. there. Most of my friends are are gone from there. Oh, so, then yeah, that does um, make it hard. Yeah, but but you know it's I still have a lot of uh, personal memories tied to that place. My mom is buried there, so you know what? Oh, okay. When I am yeah. up in that area, I try to. I try to go and visit things like that. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, Jillian, this has been so much fun. Um, but this is also the portion of the show, not that we have not already talked about fun things, um, but where (laughs) I get to transition a little bit and ask you some even more fun questions. And my guess that, so my husband is the producer of my show and he also Mm -hmm. inserts a sound effect or quote, uh, Mm -hmm. or, you know, movie clip, television show clip during this portion of the show. Mm-hmm. And every week, I don't know what it's going to be because he picks what up. What he's going to do. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> guess, because The Office is his all-time favorite show, my guess is mm-hmm. it's going to be an Office clip this exactly. week. I love I'm just it. throwing <laughs> it out there. I don't know which one he'll choose. But, <laughs> babe, pick pick your favorite Office clip. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. So I know. I was going to say, that's the one that, that Bethany and I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we like to talk in gifts a lot. And oh, say, yeah. which I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. yeah. As I say, so yeah, Michael Scott's nope. Don't like that. Nope. nope don't like don't that. Like that. No. <laughs> no. As I will say somehow it seems to come up a lot. Oh, the best. All <laughs> right. Uh, Jillian, are you ready? Yes. My job is to speak to clients um, on the phone about uh, quantities and uh, type of copier paper. You know, uh, whether we can supply it to them, whether they can uh, pay for it. And um, I'm I'm boring myself just talking about this. Question number one. (laughs) What skill would you like to master? Like don't time money, not not an option or not a thing. You know what I mean? Not a thing. Uh, A foreign language, something I'm horrible at. And especially working in emerging markets, um, if I had the gift of learning a foreign language would be amazing. Yeah. Is there a particular one you would like to learn? Mm, since I'm in Texas, Spanish has always been mm. the one, but, um, yeah, yeah I'd probably say Spanish yeah. just because then I feel like it's easier to learn all the romance languages. Yeah. But, I can get by, yeah. um, a little bit. So I took, I was in French immersion when I was a kid. So from mm-hmm. kindergarten through eighth grade, I took French and, 
But mm-hmm. then I got tired of French. And so when I went to high school, I took Spanish. That was a dumb mm-hmm. decision because now, <laughs> now when I speak, I speak in like half French, half Spanish. So like yeah, exactly. I'll say a sentence that is literally half French, half Spanish. And people will look at me like, what just happened? I'll be like, uh, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, exactly. I'm my friend. Hola. Exactly. A friend of mine um, after grad school we went to Costa Rica and she had always taken French and then yeah, she kept finding herself speaking yeah. French with a Spanish accent. And I was like, Frank- what is wrong with you? Spanish. That's worse than I, just speaking I English. I speak yeah. French or Spanish. Exactly. Spanish. Exactly. Uh, good times. Okay. Uh, what fictional place would you like most like to visit? Ooh, a fictional place. Mm. Yeah, fictional. These are always the kind of uh, trivia thing where my mind literally just goes blank. Um, any of the places on Interstellar, um, oh. but so space. As I say, space is not exactly fictional. No, but as I no. say, the fact that they could switch between dimensions was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, that counts. Totally counts. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. This is an interesting one. What takes mm. up too much of your time? Oh, social media. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was literally giving our tips and tricks Tuesday today on our thing. And the main thing was stop getting distracted, get offline and stop getting distracted because I was speaking to myself. (laughs) It drives me crazy. So I, so I took, yo, email for me for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I took, I deleted Facebook off my phone and Mm. that has been amazing. Um, because I, so, I, I need Facebook for work, obviously, but exactly. I can, I, I don't need to just mindlessly check it. So I can mm-hmm. now, if I can only access Facebook from my computer, I'm going to do it when I can be intentional with it. Cause I'm not going to just like sit there and yeah. mindlessly scroll. scroll on my computer. So if I'm going to get on Facebook, I'm going to get on Facebook to, you know, connect to do with a friend something. or yeah, to exactly. do something specific. Um, Obviously can't do that with Instagram, but it, but I think just deleting apps like that, that yeah. I, I don't need the app where I yeah, can exactly. access it from my desktop. That has been really helpful. So yeah, that does sound smart. I would say that's, it's so hard when you're still in the, the growing stage of how, and yes. our big issue at the moment is how do we really get our um, community engaged? Cause we've got a fantastic customer base, but a lot of our customers, since we are going after business professionals, um, are not on social media all that much. Yeah. So it's trying to figure out, or at least when they're on social media, it's not following brands. So it's been really interesting to try to figure out like, how do we actually utilize and grow the social media side of things? Yeah. Um, knowing that a lot of our customers are actually not on their following brands. So anyways, yeah. No, I think so. That's yeah, a great... so it's one of those things where I always feel guilty. Like I feel like I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> so say we will get on here and engage with people and figure it out, and then it, yeah, two hours later you look up and you're like, why am I still on yeah, Instagram? You're like, why, <laughs> why am I watching videos of rabbits? Exactly. I don't even know. Why am I suddenly exactly. following an account of a guy that owns? Why a do I? Why am I looking at the Dude Squad? Yeah, exactly on the Labrador like, Labradoodles. I know. <laughs> don't need to. <laughs> I literally follow an account of a guy that uh that owns a like it's a it's an account of a pet fox and I don't know oh, why hilarious. I follow it but some <laughs> clearly someday I came across it and I was that's like hilarious. this is this is an account I should <laughs> click follow on 
I know. Just yeah. no, I'm currently following one the dude squad that's literally um there's they have like five labradoodles and they like to keep dressing them up and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like why? Why am I following? Why? This? Why why am I doing this? I don't even know. Oh exactly. bless. That's good times. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Uh travel overseas. Yes. Amen. Yep. Amen. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say as someone back in the south that that is what I go around uh, preaching definitely get out of this <laughs> this bubble <laughs> so yes get out get out of this get country out. go you experience a different color color different culture and different colors exactly. you know but it really i mean it's yeah you got to get out exactly. of your bubble um okay my last question and it's my question i ask all my guests and that is what are you most grateful for today mm, um just being able to do this <laughs> it was one of, like i said i started it as a side business and definitely didn't expect to it to turn into a real business. So no, that is not lost on me any day that I walk in this office that I'm getting to do a job that I built and love. So that is what I'm most grateful for at the moment. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, Jillian, this was been, this has been so much fun. I have just had the best time chatting with you. Me too. Thank you. Um, and I just can't wait to continue again to see you just rocking it out. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally got to talk. Gosh, I just love Jillian. And this really was one of the most fun conversations I have had in a long time. We laughed, we talked business, we dreamed. I adore her and I hope you check out Marie May Designs. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or maybe something that you learned. Let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business With Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget that hashtag Business With Purpose Podcast. So many of you ask me all the time how you can support me and support this show by sharing the show on social media and sharing the show with a friend. That is the number one way that you can support me. Another huge thank you to our sponsor, The Root Collective. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash TR and use that coupon code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out and thank you for your support. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed. By clicking that subscribe button, it helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show really helps me to just to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. As always, this show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Mark Haywood, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>